In this recording, we're going to continue the theme of the previous two recordings, which have been on Tosefes, Shabbos, the mitzvah, to add to Shabbos, to begin it early. And in the first recording, we discussed at some length the comment Rashi makes at the beginning of the Torah that Hashem did not add to the first Shabbos after creation because He alone knows how to perfectly, accurately begin Shabbos at the right time, whereas people have to start it a few minutes early so they don't work overtime. So continuing with that theme, this recording is going to deal with a very interesting and cute question. This information is based on two articles from Reb Menachem Meir Jacobowitz in the Kovetz Ginas Verudim, which is the Satmar Torah journal at the end of volume four and the end of volume five. And he has at least 20 answers to this question, but I'm only going to share the ideas that I found most compelling. The question is that the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, Perak Hey, Mishnah Vav, lists Asara Devarim Nivru Be'erev Shabbos Bein Hashmashos. There were 10 things that Hashem created on that first Friday between sunset and nightfall. So that chapter begins with a bunch of lists of 10 things, and this is one of the lists. There are 10 things which Hashem reserved. He did not create during the six days of creation. He created them rather at the end of that six-day period between sunset and nightfall as Shabbos was starting. And the Mishnah lists them. It's Piha Aretz, the ground that swallowed Korach and his group, Piha Be'er, the well that fed the Jews during the desert, Piha Oson, the mouth of Bilam's donkey, which spoke to him, the Keshes, the rainbow after the flood, which was a covenant that there would be no more floods, the Mun, which fell from heaven to feed the Jews in the desert, the Mata, the staff that Moshe used to do the miracles and free the Jews from Egypt, the Shamir, the miraculous worm, which helped build the Beisam Mikdash, the Ksav, the writing on the Luchos, the tablets that Hashem gave, the Mikhtav, that the Luchos letters could miraculously be seen on all four sides, and the Luchos themselves. The Yesh Omrim, there are those who add Afamazikin, that also the spirits that fly around the world, Ukvuraso Shal Moshe, the burial place of Moshe, the Elo Shal Avram Avinu, and the ram that Avraham offered in place of Yitzchak. The Yesh Omrim Aftseves Vitseves Asuya. Some also add the first metal vessels in order to be able to create the next metal vessels. How did that whole process get started? So Hashem began it at Bein Hashmoshos on that first Friday. So there's obviously a lot of depth and mysteries to this Mishnah, but the question that we're going to deal with has three parts to it. First of all, on a regular Shabbos, one is not permitted to work after sunset. So the laws of Shabbos and the prohibited labors begin at sunset, not at nightfall. During Bein Hashmoshos, one has to act like it's Shabbos. Second of all, it's clear that Hashem keeps Shabbos, even though we have this cute idea that Hashem keeps the Torah with regards to other mitzvahs, but with regards to Shabbos, it's crystal clear because that's the whole essence of the idea of Shabbos. We rest like Hashem rested on that first Shabbos. So it's obvious that Hashem rests on Shabbos. Now, the third component is there's a prohibition of vidaber davar. One also has to speak on Shabbos differently than they speak during the week. So you're not allowed to talk about business or mundane things because that's weekday speech and Shabbos has to be different. So even though Hashem creates things merely by speaking, but he would not be allowed to speak about prohibited things on Shabbos based on the prohibition of Vidaber Davar. So putting this all together, there's a very interesting question, which is if Hashem rests on Shabbos, 
but yet he spoke about creating things during Bein Hashmashos. So why do we have to rest beginning at sunset? Why doesn't Shabbos begin at nightfall for us the way it began for Hashem? In other words, Hashem does not rest beginning from sunset because he was creating things through speech during Bein Hashmashos. So why does our Shabbos begin at sunset? So this question, the Ksav Sofer was asked in his Chuvas Arachayim Simen Mem Hey. And Rabbi Jkovitz also quotes another interesting source. The Italian Kabbalist, the Ramami Pano, deals with a similar question, which is he wants to know why didn't Hashem keep the mitzvah of Tosefes Shabbos on that first Shabbos? We have to begin Shabbos a few minutes early, so why didn't Hashem have to do that? This is very similar to the question we dealt with in the first recording on this topic on Rashi's comments at the beginning of the Torah. So the Ramami Pano has a few answers. One is very interesting, which is he says, that that first week Hashem had to clearly make a separation between the six days of the week and Shabbos. Had he started Shabbos early, then that would have changed the whole fabric of creation and the notion of time because there wouldn't have been six full days of the weekday. So a lot was going on that first week and in order to make sure that there was a clear separation between the six weekdays and Shabbos in order that in the future people could accept Shabbos early. In other words, that has to have a meaning. It's not yet Shabbos, but we're accepting it early. So in order to create that whole notion of time, Hashem had to start Shabbos at the exact correct moment and not a minute earlier. So that's an interesting idea. Either way, the Ksav Sofer, the Ramami Pano are raising this broader issue that why didn't Hashem rest during the first Bein Hashmashos the way we are obligated to. So probably the simplest answer is based on the approach of the Tosos Yom Tov and his commentary on Pirkei Avos. And he says something which is very common sense, that when the Mishnah says that Hashem created these 10 miraculous objects on the first Friday of creation, it doesn't mean that they were actually physically created. It means that Hashem planned them out for their eventual creation, which would be later on in history. And he says this on the example that Hashem created Bilaam's donkey's mouth. He says probably the donkey was not actually physically created that day, and it was hundreds of years old when Bilaam was riding on it. But it means that Hashem planned out that miracle from the first Friday of creation, and then hundreds of years later, the donkey was born. And he quotes that that's also how his Rebbe, the Maharal, explained it. So according to the Maharal in the Tosos Yom Tov, that would answer this question too, because it doesn't mean Hashem did any creation during Bein Hashmashos, it just means that he contemplated these future miraculous events, but there was no actual creation going on. Now, one could still ask, because the Sefer Ikre Hadat Hey, Dalad Tess quotes from the Marash Frimo that he said there's a rabbinic tradition in the Medrash that the Jews could have the man taste like whatever they wanted. So he said that the person would have to think about what taste they wanted the man to have from before Shabbos on Friday, because to think about it on Shabbos would change the nature of the food and that would be prohibited. So you see that if someone could theoretically change something just by thinking about it, then that would be prohibited. So in the same way, why wasn't Hashem's thinking about these eventual miracles prohibited, even though it wasn't created at that moment, but it would lead to creation? So Rabbi Jacobovitz says the obvious distinction is when someone thought about the man, it immediately changed. 
So that would be prohibited on Shabbos. Whereas with Hashem, the process works a bit differently, that he's thinking about what's going to happen in the future. So nothing's actually changing or happening right now. So that's why this would be permitted. So that's answer number one. There was no actual creation. It was only Hashem thinking about what was going to be done in the future, but nothing was changed on Shabbos itself. The second answer questions the assumption that Hashem keeps Shabbos the way we keep Shabbos. Now, as we said, it must be that Hashem rests on Shabbos because that's the whole meaning of Shabbos. But what exactly that means is up for debate. So as an example of one commentator who thinks that Hashem keeps Shabbos in a way that's metaphorically similar to the way we do, the Chanukah Satorah at the beginning of Parshas Kisisa has a very sharp explanation. He quotes a Medrash which derives from the Pasuk, Es Shabsosai Tishmoru. Hashem says, you shall keep my Shabboses. So the Medrash says this is coming to add even prohibited speech. Because the prohibited labors we learn from Losasa Komalacha don't do any labor. But how do we know that speech is prohibited? So the answer is as Shabsosai Tishmoru. So the Chanukah Satorah explains where do we derive that from? Because Hashem doesn't do any actual labor. He only speaks. Through speech, He creates the world. So what does it mean as Shabsosai Tishmoru, meaning you shall keep my Shabbos? You're keeping Shabbos the way Hashem keeps Shabbos. It must mean abstaining from speech. So that's how the Medrash derives that not only is labor prohibited, but also asking a non-Jew to perform the labor, which is forbidden speech, is also prohibited in order to parallel the way Hashem keeps Shabbos. So that's an example of the view that the way Hashem rests on Shabbos is metaphorically similar to the way we do, and how we keep Shabbos is based on his rest. But this is not so simple. There's a debate amongst the commentators on the Medrash as to whether this is the case. The Medrash in Bracious Rabbah Yud Aleph Hey records a conversation between Trunus Rufus and Rabbi Akiva. Trunus Rufus was a Roman authority or general who used to engage with Rabbi Akiva in debates, and he asked him a lot of interesting questions, and Rabbi Akiva explained to him a lot of things which are still very relevant. So Trunus Rufus asked him, if Hashem keeps Shabbos, then how does it rain? How do the plants grow? How is he continuing to run the world, even though he's supposed to be resting on Shabbos? So Rabbi Akiva answered based on the halacha of a ruve chatseros. The halacha is that if two people share a dwelling area, they need to combine some food in order to be able to carry in each other's space. But if one person owns the entire area, so it totally belongs to them, then they don't need to ask anyone any permission or combine with anyone. They can carry wherever they want. So that's the model for Hashem. So to Hashem, because nobody else shares control of the world. The world fully, entirely belongs to Him. So Hashem can do whatever He wants with the world. So Rabbi Akiva's answer to Trunus Rufus is the reason why there's rain and the agricultural cycle continues and it looks like Hashem is working on Shabbos, not resting, is because similar to Eruve Chatzeros, only if there was someone else that had some sort of owner of the world would Hashem have to ask their permission. But since he totally owns it completely, then he can do whatever he wants. So there's a big problem with Rabbi Akiva's answer because Trudus Rufus's question was how does Hashem do the prohibited labors like bringing rain or growing plants? And Rabbi Akiva only answered him 
from how Hashem carries from one domain to the next, but he ignored the main substance of the question, which is how does Hashem do these other prohibited labors, not just carrying. So there's a debate amongst the commentators on this medrash as to how to interpret Rabbi Akiva's answer. The parish from Rabbi Zev Wolf, the Maharzu, he explains that Rabbi Akiva's meaning is that since Hashem controls fully the entire world, so everything that gets done looks like work, but that's just really an illusion. Meaning Hashem doesn't do any work. We might think of it or it looks to us like it's work, but he is totally in control of the world and it does whatever he wants. So it's a total illusion to call that work. So according to the Maharzu, what Rabbi Akiva is saying is not only that Hashem's permitted to carry because he owns the whole world, but the fact that he owns the whole world means that he's not really doing any labor at all. So that's why he continues to run the world the way he does during the week. So even though we rest on Shabbos because Hashem rested, but that means something different with regards to Hashem than it means for us who have to rest from the prohibited work. Now, the Feitoar has a different explanation, and he says that Rabbi Akiva actually was focusing specifically on how Hashem is allowed to carry. Because the question from the other prohibited labors is not a real question. Because since Hashem already created them, and they're running on autopilot, so that's not a question how they can continue on Shabbos. So the only question Trunus Rufus could ask Rabbi Akiva is how Hashem can continue that, because it seems as if he's carrying from one domain to the other by continuing those cycles going. And the answer to that is because since Hashem owns it all, so it's like his private residence and he can move things around the entire world. So Rabbi Akiva's answer was focusing on that one specific prohibition of carrying, but the other prohibited labors are not problematic how Hashem is able to continue them going once he created them. Now, the obvious distinction would be, according to the Maharzu, if Hashem creates something on Shabbos, that would not be a problem because it's just a visual illusion, but he can do whatever he wants. Whereas according to the Feitoar, Hashem cannot create on Shabbos because that would violate Shabbos. The only thing he can do is continue what he's already created. So coming back to our question, how could Hashem create Bein Hashmashos on that first Shabbos, according to the Maharzu, we could answer because Hashem is allowed to create. It's just an illusion when we talk about Him creating or doing prohibited labors. The question would only be, according to the Feitoar, how could Hashem have created new things during that first Bein Hashmashos when the only thing that Hashem does is continue what He's already created. Now, obviously, these concepts and ideas and traditions that we're discussing have more depth to them, and they contain all sorts of mysteries and mystical ideas, but we're just dealing with it on a more surface level to try to understand how it holds together with some of the halachas of Shabbos. So, so far, the first two answers have questioned some of the assumptions of the question. First, what does it mean that Hashem created Bein Hashmashos? Did he actually create or he only contemplated it? And second, what does it mean that Hashem keeps Shabbos? Does it mean similar to the way we do or that rest for Hashem has a different meaning? So both of those answers question assumptions of the question. Now, the third answer also questions 
one of the assumptions of the question, which is the question is based on the idea that not only is one prohibited to do labor during Bein Hashmashos, but you also can't speak in prohibited ways of Bein Hashmashos. So you can't talk about business. You can't ask a non-Jew to do something. All those laws regulating speech on Shabbos begin also at sunset, not at nightfall. So this is actually a debate. The Primagadim in Simen Shinchav Hei Eishel Avram Sifkatan Ches writes that that is the case, that the forbidden speech becomes prohibited beginning at sunset, meaning during Bein Hashmashos, and not only at nightfall. But the Tehillah Ledavid in Simen Shin Vav Sifkan Chav Gimel disagrees, and he says that because the halacha is that one is allowed to speak about mundane things on Shabbos for a mitzvah, so that implies that the whole prohibition has a leniency, which means that during Bein Hashmashos, between sunset and nightfall, one can speak about mundane things, even not for a mitzvah. So according to the Tehillah Lidavid, this question could be answered, because even though Hashem was creating during Bein Hashmashos, which is prohibited for a human being, but Hashem creates by speaking. And speaking is not prohibited during Bein Hashmashos, so that's how Hashem was able to create during Bein Hashmashos. So again, the debate between the Primigadim and the Tehillah Ledavid as to whether prohibited speech begins at sunset or nightfall would also answer this question. According to the Tehillah Ledavid, Hashem was able to create through speech during Bein Hashmashos, whereas according to the Primigadim, he was not able to. The fourth answer also has halachic ramifications, and this is based on the idea that maybe creating something in a miraculous way would be allowed on Shabbos. So one of the sources for this idea is the Taz in Simon Reish Tzadi Beis, Sifkat and Beis, quotes the Tur who records a tradition from Rabbeinu Sar Shalom that Moshe died on Shabbos afternoon. So that's why we have certain practices that reflect that. We say Tzidkas Chatzedek, we accept God's judgment, and also we do less public learning because the halacha is that when a great Torah scholar dies, so the public learning is canceled. So in order to remember that Moshe died at Shabbos afternoon time, we have certain rituals and practices every week to remember that. So the Rosh and the Mordechai have a question, which is the Medrash says that before Moshe died, he wrote the Torah. It was that very day that he wrote a Torah. So how could it be Moshe died on Shabbos afternoon, which would mean that he was writing a Torah on Shabbos, which is prohibited? So the Taz answers that Moshe really died on Friday afternoon. But because anyways, people are busy getting ready for Shabbos, so they're not learning then. So there's no point in canceling the public learning then. So they pushed off the memorial to the next day on Shabbos afternoon when people would have been learning. So that's the appropriate time to memorialize Moshe's passing. So according to the Taz, he wrote the Torah on Friday and then he died on Friday afternoon before Shabbos. But the Chassam Sofer and Chelek Vav Tshuva Chavtes quotes a different answer from the Shalah that Moshe wrote the Torah in a miraculous way using the name of God. So that is permitted on Shabbos. So this would be a source that doing things in miraculous ways, if one's not actually doing the work, they're using the name of God to affect some sort of change in the world, that would be allowed even on Shabbos. So that, of course, would answer how Hashem himself is able to create on Shabbos, because everything he does is a miracle, which is allowed on Shabbos. 
And I'll end with a fifth answer to this question. This is a very sharp and creative answer to the question from Rabbi Jacobowitz based on an issue that the Mugan Avram in his commentary on the Torah, Shemin Sasson in Parshas Bracious raises. There's a debate in the Gemara when the world was created, in Nisan or in Tishrei. Now, the Ran in his commentary on the Rif in Rosh Hashanah Tazayin Amid Aleph quotes from the Pirkei Drebi Eliezer that the view that the world was created in Tishrei doesn't actually mean Tishrei. It means the 25th of Elul, so six days before Rosh Hashanah. And then the sixth day when human beings were created was a Friday and it was Rosh Hashanah. So Adam and Chava were created on Rosh Hashanah and then the next day was Shabbos. So the Magen Avram in Shaman Sasson raises the issue, if Adam Arishon was created on Rosh Hashanah, how were they able to do their food prep that day? Because there's certain things which are still prohibited on Yantif, even though some cooking is allowed. So the Magen Avram is raising this point that if Adam Arishon was created on Rosh Hashanah, that complicates certain parts of the story. And Rabbi Jacobovitz quotes that the Mamar Mordechai in Parshas Bracious makes a similar point because he says that the debate when the world was created centers on the issue of whether Hashem follows the laws of Yantif or not. Because if he follows the laws of Yantif, how did he create people on Rosh Hashanah, which was Yantif? So it's prohibited to create. So that's why the other view holds that the world was created in Nisan. So it was not a Yantif when people were created. As opposed to the view that Hashem created people on Rosh Hashanah holds that Hashem doesn't follow the laws of Yantif. So these are cute ideas, but basically they're raising the issue of how could Hashem have created human beings on Rosh Hashanah if he follows the laws of Yantif and it's prohibited to create. So Rabbi Jacobovitz adds the same would be true of the 10 miracles that the Mishnah lists. How could Hashem have created them on that Friday if it was Rosh Hashanah? So he says something incredibly brilliant and creative. The Mishnah in Christus Yotesam at Olive says that if Shabbos and Yom Kippur spill into each other, so Yom Kippur is on a Friday or a Sunday, the Bain Hashmashos between them is unclear whether it's Shabbos or Yom Kippur. So if someone does prohibited work during that Bain Hashmashos, they can't be punished because we're not sure which day it was. So in the same way, it could be that Hashem was unable to create those 10 things on Friday because it was Rosh Hashanah, nor on Shabbos because it was Shabbos. So instead, he created it Bain Hashmashos with the specific intention of creating it at a time when it wouldn't be prohibited because it's unclear whether it's Shabbos or Rosh Hashanah. So this is a very clever idea. Obviously, it's very hard to imagine Hashem going through that kind of calculation, but it's a very sharp explanation of why Hashem specifically created at Bein Hashmashos and not on the Friday because that was Rosh Hashanah when it would have been prohibited to create these 10 things. So that's some of the discussion around this very cute question. Obviously, many of these ideas are not to be taken literally, but they help sharpen our minds and show us some of the tremendous depth and creativity and sharpness and brilliance that's involved in studying Torah. And we've also pointed to a few small halachic ramifications that would emerge from this discussion.